Welcome to That's Her Business. I'm your host, Rosie Allen. On this podcast, you'll find conversations with entrepreneurs, corporate ladder climbers, and generally just real women working in business like you. Consider us your work bestie, here to provide some actionable advice on the day-to-day grind. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Sabrina Guerriere, an old friend of mine and professional working in the quickly accelerating cannabis industry. Listen as Sabrina gives her expert opinion on cannabis career paths and industry trends. Welcome to the podcast, Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina, thank you for joining the podcast. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hey, Rosie. Thanks for having me. So Sabrina and I go way back, but I'm going to give her the floor and kind of let you introduce yourself, tell everyone where you live and what industry you work in. Okay. Hey, everybody. My name is Sabrina. Um, I'm from Boston and um, I'm in the cannabis industry. I've been in the industry for about four years now. Um, I started in a cannabis testing lab where, um, you know, they pretty much tested for about 90% of the facilities in the state of Massachusetts. Um, And I'm currently a project manager slash uh, data analyst for um, a a multi-state operator, um, cannabis operator. So they have facilities in Massachusetts, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and uh, starting to open up in New York. Awesome. So when you first started, were you, did you enter through like biology or were you actually working on like the manufacturing and creating of product? Um, I was actually, (laughs) (laughs) I, I can be completely wrong. I feel like I read this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so I actually, um, when I first graduated college, I was on a legal path. And um, yeah. after being in the industry, in that industry for about two years, and I kind of grew up the ranks, I was a legal assistant, became a paralegal. Um, I realized that it wasn't for me, especially once the lawyer started asking me like, hey, when are you going to go to law school? When are you going to, you know, yeah. become a lawyer? And it wasn't a path for me anymore, but luckily I had um, a childhood friend, shout outs to Joe, (laughs) Joe Gilmore. (laughs) Um, Anyone in the cannabis industry know who Joseph Gilmore is. He is like the godfather of cannabis. I call him that at least. And um, he he is really well connected in the community. And I told him, you know, I want to get in. It's such a new industry, though. I don't know what my skill set can bring to the table in any right. fashion. And um, he connected me with, um, you know, the people, the owners at the testing lab. And um, they had um, a position where I basically just would work with, um, you know, the public and private clients to kind of just help them understand um you know, the standards that they needed to oblige by in order to sell their products or grow their products. Um, So I would help them with like making sure that the testing that they want, um, you know, would allow them to move their product along in, you know, whatever process that it was in. And that's kind of where I started. I kind of started with just working with people in the industry and um, eventually 
you know, I, I ended up just becoming a manager of one of the departments, building that department out. And um, it was a great experience. I was there for about three years. That's awesome. So overall, like how long have you been working in cannabis now? Now, I would say um, I'm approaching three, oh, four, four years. Four, four years. years total. Which is pretty long for, uh, if you know how long, um, you know, people tend to last or not last in this industry. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is, it is, it's a, it's, a, it's not the easiest industry, especially for, um, you know, women. I, and that goes for any mm-hmm. industry really, but, um, yeah, four is a very, four years is a very long time, um, for this industry and how long it's been in existence. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's pretty young still, I would say, right? So can you give us some background on like the cannabis industry in general? Because I'm guessing you know way more than any of us might know. Um, But like, what are some of the legalities or like, where are these companies mostly located? Because I wouldn't, I guess now Massachusetts has a couple dispensaries, but I wouldn't think of them being like leading by any means in like developing product or having these companies with a home base there. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you have a good knowledge. You have a good sense (laughs) of like the industry. I'm prepared for our interviews. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, as much as, you know, um, I may be knowledgeable about this industry, there's still so much to learn and understand like because there's so many different niches and like um and you know like i said i started out at a testing lab so i can read off every single test that you know the flower needs um you know if you're Mm -hmm. working with concentrates or extracts or edibles or tinctures and stuff like that and like you know knowing the levels but that's just one you know section and that section yeah and that requires so much studying and you know um and it's science-based. So that's another, you know, language that you kind of have to, you know, understand and right. learn in order for me to even um, communicate with the clients that I was working with at the time. Because like I said, I was coming in from a legal background. So I'm like, cannabinoid, like, what is that? I didn't even know. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> you know, so, but I think that, um, you know, Massachusetts, is, you know, they they did the right thing in terms of um, at least trying to create a equitable space for people who were impacted by the war on drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So there's special licenses and training programs like the social equity program, if anyone's, you know, interested in that. Um, You know, you can take certain training classes um, in order to, you know, obtain a certification that would kind of put you um, in a better position to um, become licensed and own your own facility. And, you know, not every facility has to be a dispensary. You know, there are some people who just grow. So I've been to facilities and it's just like an entire warehouse of just weed growing from (laughs) the ground, growing from the ceiling. Like it's just, um, you know, that. And then there's people who just do uh, you know, 
Um, right now, the company that I work for is fully integrated. So that means that they do their, they grow their own marijuana. Um, they, um, so that's cultivating. And they also mm-hmm. do the processing um, and uh, the packaging and they have their own retail spaces. So oh, they, wow. Yeah. So, but all in Massachusetts or other places too. Yeah. There's, there's a couple um, dispensaries in Massachusetts. So the dispensaries are Commonwealth Alternative Care. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard about them, but there is a dispensary in Brockton, Totten. Um, they just opened one up in Cambridge. And, um, you know, there's one in Ohio, Pennsylvania. And um, right now they're working on a partnership with, um, you know, a company out in New York to kind of just do their own um, edibles and products and stuff like that. A lot of people do white oh, cool through them. So, yeah. And we work with, um, you know, some uh, social equity groups that, um, you know, got their license through doing that program. And, and um, you know, they, they care, which is really important to me. <laughs> yeah. So the company you're with now, they do everything from the beginning level of like growing all the way up to marketing, selling and distribution. Yeah. Is that pretty common? Like if you were on the West Coast, would other companies be set up that way? That's a good question. Um, not really. I I think that there's definitely a good number of, you know, cannabis companies out there that are definitely fully, um, you know, integrated. But um, it does require a lot of capital at the beginning to kind of just like make sure that you have the facility to do this. And then (laughs) to employ, you know, the people that, um, that, you know, know how to cultivate this plant. So, um, so I'm sure, especially in California, there are tons of companies like that. Um, it kind of just, you know, depends on, um, you know, the, the, the regulations of that state too, because depending on what state you're, you're in, the regulations could be completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's interesting in New York recently, we've been seeing, so in New York, it's, it's way different than in Massachusetts, not really dispensaries per se, but we've been seeing these little like smoke shops that have kind of always been around they've always sold like rolling papers and tobacco products etc but when I say like my little residential street in Queens three of them just opened and we probably already have four of them and they're all just selling weed but I'm thinking like for the future that they're all planning to get like licensing or once the law passed, like being able to, do you know anything about that or, or no? I, so New York is so different when it comes Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, their approach, because it sounds as, well, at least when I, whenever I speak to someone who's, um, who's like really in the industry out in New York, it sounds like they don't have as many obstacles to go through you know, in order to open um, a facility or, you know, a lounge, like you said, like Massachusetts just o- just opened their first, real first um, lounge. And it's by Tito Jackson. Um, you know, he's a politician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just opened his own lounge. And that was a big deal because, um, 
what goes on there? What's like the requirement for getting in and all that? Yeah, I'm, it's the same, you know, even to work in the industry, you have to be 21 um, years and older. So, you know, I haven't been to the lounge yet. Um, You know, I actually don't even smoke. (laughs) (laughs) I used to, though. I used to, but, um, but I still like, you know, going to the um, different events in Boston that are related to cannabis. But um, from my understanding, like, I don't think you don't need a medical card or anything like that to actually you can just walk in. Go in and all you need. That's so interesting. Where is it? I think it's um, in downtown. I don't okay. quote me on that, but I know it's in the city of Boston, though. That's so interesting. Yeah. So as a as a category in the future, um, so I work in liquor and alcohol sales. And so there's a lot of buzz around cannabis because our distributor sees themselves as like licensed to sell these types of products um, of something that's like highly regulated. Do you foresee people going to lounges like this in the future instead of going to bars or nightclubs? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know some people who, once they started smoking weed, um, they completely left alcohol alone because it's just, yeah. you know. It's just well, I feel like the two don't like tango very well. <laughs> <together>. <laughs> At all. <laughs> you have to like pick one over the other. Yeah. Or you at least have to like do one in moderation. Like, you know, you can't kind of just go hard on both. But um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I think that. Um, you know, if you know anything, like, have you ever been to like a cigar bar or something? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, something similar to that where you kind of just, um, you know, go and have a great time. Um, it would be interesting to see if anyone tries to get a liquor license to be able to like serve drinks at these lounges as well. Yeah. Mm. Like to have both. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to kind of career development so what major channels do you see roles for in the industry so i know you mentioned a couple that you have experienced and i think you said now you're in product management do you see open roles across the board like in sales analytics marketing etc oh yeah yeah for sure um i would say you know I've only worked for two companies, but they are like any other business that, you know, I've worked for. So there's, you know, HR, there's marketing, there's, um, you know, business management, um, you know, business development, corporate, you know, there's so many, um, you know, layers and levels that anyone can just enter in and you shouldn't be, uh, afraid to kind of skew your skills to match whatever job description that they're looking for. Because if you are good at marketing, then you can market anything, really. Right. It, it kind of just uh, requires a little bit of studying. But once you kind of understand the product and you know the, the intended you know, clients or the demographic, then you can kind of just know how to finesse. And I would say yeah. the same thing for, um, for you know, how I kind of entered is just, you know, I know how to talk to people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I 
I like to say that I'm I'm not shy, but I am an introvert. So I know how to talk to people. I know how to socialize and stuff like that. But I'm not necessarily going to be the one to talk first <laughs> a lot of times. But, you know, um, I use that skill set to my advantage when it comes to work and, you know, working with the different brands that I work with now um, and just like, you know, having emotional intelligence and knowing how to work with just different departments that I have to interact with on a day-to-day basis at my job now. You know, a lot of people that I work with, I have I haven't even met face-to-face because... Oh, wow. <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of... Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, like, email back and forth and, like, meetings, no cameras on, you know, type of stuff. So are you, are you working fully remote or are you in an office? I'm in an office, um, but I mostly work from home. I would say I probably go in um, maybe, like, maybe three to five times a month. And I try to go in if, like, I know someone from, um, you know, like, um, someone that I work with in one of the other offices, like in a different state is coming to visit. And I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, I want to go maybe have lunch, um, you know, kind of just like build that relationship. And just, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, better. So those, those are the times when um, I go in. Otherwise my team is like, you know, Sabrina, I mean, you're just going to drive 40 minutes and sit at a desk (laughs) by yourself anyway yeah Yeah. I know that's true I mean I love the convenience of working from home or doing everything on the computer but you really do miss sometimes just like the culture of like hanging out or like getting lunch and having that like chit chat in between although I feel like I do get more work done when I'm actually by myself yeah me too me too it kind of depends too like sometimes um like if I'm home, I have to kind of just like set a time to end because sometimes I'll work, you know, from like eight in the morning to like six or seven nonstop. It's just like, you know, you kind of have to just like be disciplined to be like, no, this is my lunchtime. This is when I'm signing off, you know, and that's, that's kind of, um, you know, just something that I had to learn with, especially now that I have just so much freedom. Like my, no one's watching me, like what time I sign in or like sign out or anything like that. It's just like, hey, Sabrina, we need help on this project. Can you help? Yeah. You know, which is honestly great. I feel like nobody does well with the micromanager in my personal opinion. Maybe some people do, but people watching when you check in and out drives me insane. (laughs) It does. Okay, so do you have any advice for someone who's interested in pursuing a career in cannabis, especially at like an entry level or breaking in to the industry? Yeah, um, use your skills to your advantage, you know, um, whatever skill that is, you know, look for jobs that align with that skill set and don't be afraid to message people on LinkedIn um, or, you know, kind of just like go to these cannabis events and, mm-hmm. um, and network you know, and network and just, you know, a lot of, um, you know, anyone that I've really 
worked with, it's always through a connection. Or, you know, if I've asked them, like, you know, how did you get into the industry? Um, you know, how did you get to where you are? Um, and they're always just mentioning how, oh, I had a buddy from college. He kind of just opened up his facility and he needed someone to come and do this. And they just reached out to me. Or, um, oh, I met someone at NECAN, which is like, you know, the biggest industry, um, networking event, um, in the industries, it's just, um, they have different, um, conferences, um, in different States throughout the year, um, mm -hmm. in Boston, I think it's coming up towards the end of March. Um, and, you know, just networking that way and just, you know, figuring out what you want to do. Cause that was another thing that was really important to me. It's like, okay, I don't want to work in it. I don't want to do something that I don't like. And that's why, that's what pushed me out the most with um, the legal path that I was on before. Cause I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with these people. Do definitely, <laughs> um, you know, like, and, and I was working in like personal um, personal, personal injury <laughs> for a long time. So it's just like having to fight hospitals and doctors and stuff like that for things yeah, that's that not stressful it's really stressful especially when like this person deserves it like you you know you know what you did <laughs> so yeah you kind of have to move on from that so um yeah i would just say like you know don't be afraid to put yourself out there for sure um that's definitely a common theme i feel like we spend so much time at work like you have to like the people you work with at least a little bit and like be interested, I think, in what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely grew up in an environment where it was like, oh, you don't have to like your job. You just have to make money. And I'm like, right. I probably make a lot more money if I liked my job. Yeah, that's so true. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I'm going to quote you on that next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sabrina, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience being a woman in the industry or being a woman in leadership in your industry? Yeah. Um, it's honestly, um, in the cannabis industry, I would say in Massachusetts, it's a lot more, um, inviting, I would say, because there are so many women in leadership. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Like there's a lot. Wow. I would not think that. Right, right. I know. And, and, and the demographic goes beyond just women, you know, there's, um, you know, queer women, LGP, LGBTQ community, BTQ. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, that really have like, you know, um, a strong presence in the industry. And, you know, people of color are really doing their thing in the industry. And I and I know so many women who own multiple businesses in cannabis um, and who are amazing consultants who come from legal backgrounds like me. Shout outs to Lori, that's my girl. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's one of the people that I look up to, you know, immensely. And, um, you know, I also have worked with a nonprofit organization, Big Hope Group, um, you know, they, they also have done so much in the community when it comes to just, um, you know, bringing the community together, um, helping, you know, people who have uh, records um, get, you know, getting their records expunged so that they can go off and just oh, work. Wow, that's amazing. Grow. 
and yeah in in just these different industries not even if it's not cannabis it's just that now you can now you're free from the shackle mm-hmm. of something that you did 20 years ago that was holding you back and legal today so yeah. um yeah there's actually can you talk more lot. about big hope project and like the work that they do or that you've done with them yeah so um they do so much work and I wish I could help them more than, um, you know, I have been able to in the past. Um, um, so the companies that I work for, I'm very intentional, at least with the companies that I decide to work for. I want to make sure that, um, you know, they believe in the plant, first of all, right? This is medicine right. that we're working with. And I understand that a lot of people use it recreationally, but this is um, you know, medicine. And I want to make sure that they care about the products that they're putting out and they're not just mm-hmm. trying to um, profit. So right. that is really important to me. So when I was working for um, the lab, I was um, chair of their diversity club. And part of the responsibilities that I had was to um, donate um at one point it was $3,000 a month to just different organizations in Massachusetts that were doing um, things that aligned with our objectives and our beliefs and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I've, you know, I um, connected the Big Hope group with the lab that I was working for and we were able to um, provide funds for a lot of their events that they had. Um, Mm -hmm. The events included, you know, resume building. Um, we would have lawyers at these events that would help people get, you know, like I said, their records expunged, um, you know, um, haircuts, um, you know, we would take like their headshots for their professional profiles to just like mm-hmm. help grow um, different speakers. Um, you know, I've sat on panels, you know, at job fairs awesome. that we've held and stuff like that. So, um, they do amazing, amazing work. It's brothers um, that started the program. I, I grew up with one of them. Shout out to David. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're just doing an amazing job. And I'm just so proud of them. And I can't wait to see how far they go because they are going to go very far. That's awesome. So does your current company follow like a similar, I don't know what you call this, like they have charitable um, aspects as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm still kind of new to this company, so (laughs) I haven't really, (laughs) I haven't really had the time to like, and and like I said, because I'm so um, far away from the people and I work mostly from home, I haven't been able to really connect with, you know, the marketing department to see, you know, how they handle these situations. But I know one of the brands that we work with, um, Black Buddha, they are um, they are a social equity group. Um, mm-hmm. It's owned by a Black woman. And um, we cultivate and, um, you know, sell um, their eighths um, and their pre-rolls. And I think that they're going to be moving into edibles. So, um, you know, and they're constantly building there too. Um, you know, I've I've got to speak with Roz maybe like once or twice, and she's amazing. Like she's another you know woman in the industry that is doing it, um, and I like to see that partnership, and I like to see how you know they 
they they they care you know and they're they're taking it very serious and you know um black history black history month is wrapping up right now but that was another thing that they um you know took advantage of when it came to working with this group and making sure to push that product um so you know these are the type of things that i like to see in the companies that i work for and, yeah absolutely you know so that's amazing you need to connect me with all these people that you shouted out today i got you <laughs> i got um, you but yeah no that's amazing and honestly i really appreciate you talking about your career today because i feel like cannabis is still such a new industry that people don't know much about but are super curious about especially on the east coast i don't know in my in my East Coast head, it's like more thought out and like established to the general public in the West Coast. But here, I still feel like it's really new. Yeah. It definitely um, and so new as a career track. So I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. And, thank and you, you know, maybe when I, when I um, start my cannabis company in years, it's going to be yes, a while. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I need I might need um, your help and we might have to like sit down again and just like talk about the growth or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole premise of the podcast is just that we know like we all know so many amazing women that are killing their careers that have really interesting jobs. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't really need to listen to celebrities talk about how they made millions of dollars on their business. Yeah. I really want to listen to like female owners and other people that are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy too, because like, um, at least like, you know, fashion week is going on right now. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Super Bowl performance just happened last week. And when you take a look at, you know, the people that do the work, to go into that goes into these amazing brands and these yes. and stuff. It's like you go on their Instagram page and they have like 500 followers. They're not even like, you know, they don't have like a big social media presence. And That's so true. And they are <laughs> just like shitting on like, I know everything. And it's just so inspiring too. It's just like, yeah, it really is. Like, I don't want to talk to Beyonce. I want to talk to Beyonce's creative director, who probably has like a thousand Instagram followers, but is like an amazing artist. Yes, and like, you know? and they're so low key. You know, like they, they, they. You would never think that this is who this person works with Beyonce because they just like post their dog and like stupid <laughs> all day. And it's just like, no, you are amazing. Like, I just want to, you know, pick at your brain for like an hour and I probably walk away like a different person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. Yay. Do you have any final things you want to talk about or want to say before we sign off? Um, I just want to give you a shout out. You know, I think oh my God, was, thank you. <laughs> I think what you're doing is so dope. And honestly, you're really great at this. You know, like we see so many people that my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it too, because I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. But you know, we see so many people that um, want to do this podcast thing. And I know we've tried to, um, you know, sit down and talk for a while and we finally did it. And I'm so happy that we did. And you know, it's always good vibes whenever I talk to you. So shout outs to Same. you. You know, Thank you need you. to be interviewed on this 
show. So. I know, I know. So <laughs> that has been feedback. I think I'm going to do it on like the 10th episode or something like that. I'm going to have to have someone else interview me. Nice. But it's scary. it can be scary being interviewed, so I'm going to have to get all my, <laughs> all my yeah. ducks in a row. I appreciate you coming on. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to That's Her Business. If you want to connect with Sabrina, I'll leave her LinkedIn information in the show notes. And we will see you next week.